Hi everyone and welcome to Bootstrapping SaaS. I am Val Sopi and currently I'm running Blogstatic.io, a blogging and newsletter platform. In this show, I invite guests to talk about SaaS and sometimes I run solo with an update. Hi, Benedicta. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, thank you for being here and I'm very excited to talk to you. We share a couple of um, mutual friends on Twitter, on our SaaS a universe, I guess, SAS verse. Interwebs, the interwebs. <laughs> the interwebs. That I just call it, the interwebs that I like to call it. Yes, and then we are mega maker as well. So this yes. is uh, this is cool. So I'm very excited to talk to you about the stuff that you're working on. So maybe for listeners who don't know you, maybe if you can share a little bit about who Queen Ray is and what are you up to these days. Yeah, so as you said, Queen Ray, that is kind of my online persona these days. Uh, Queen, As Queen, I am a Gatsby expert, and I help other people get the most out of Gatsby, but with um, YouTube streams and daily emails and also some productized services that I am testing out now. I've also had some uh, boot camps, but... Um, I realized I like to YOLO code on stream more than doing kind of very structured courses, but we have created a done for you integration demo productized service. And we're also hoping to sell Gatsby that I would make Gatsby plugins for other SaaSes. So it's still kind of in that, um, in that integration point between Gatsby and other SaaSes is kind of where the queen shines. Uh, mm -hmm. So now I'm talking about myself in the third person. <laughs> um, that is cool. But, <laughs> that is cool. But I also, two years ago, I launched, and it's almost two years to the day, I launched POW, which is a privacy first menstrual cycle journal that came out of a question I kind of asked myself back in February 2019 when there were some, I think it was the New York Times, or it was the New York Times, had this kind of um, expose that a lot of the health apps that we use on our phones share that data with ad brokers oh, and okay. Facebook and, you know, all that kind of yeah. stuff. And I was like, well, now I get why these, like, uh, period apps are so specific and so mm -hmm. structured because they want to use that data for something else. So I was like... Um, a privacy first menstrual cycle tracker is it even possible i think was my kind of my question and i started researching that and got accepted to a few conferences so i did in the fall of 2019 i did um four talks or the same talk four times but while I was procrastinating creating the slides, because, you know, that's not so much fun, I ended up starting to actually make it. Because I did figure out you, you can make it private, you know, a privacy first or a completely private mm -hmm. kind of application with encryption and, um, yeah, that kind of stuff. So I did that and we launched then um, International Women's Day March 2020 and oh, we had wow. a big party and then three days later Norway was closed down um yep. so I got off to a little little bit of a rough start there but uh it's been great so far all right so there I have so many questions about a lot of things <laughs> so, so I guess my first question is the, about your Gatsby productized service mm -hmm. and I'm most curious about how you came about doing that was it something that came about from clients requesting such a thing and then you thought maybe there are more buyers like that i'm very curious to hear about that process yeah so um when 
I kind of found Gatsby back in 2018, I think. It's it fairly new at the time. And I've been dabbling with making like smaller projects with friends or for myself where I kind of wanted that static way. Like I created this audio guide that was actually a Jekyll site, which is a static generator. And then it got rehydrated as an Angular 1 application, if that makes sense mm -hmm. to anyone listening. But so I kind of dabbled in those kind of thoughts where you, you want everything to be, and by statically generated means that you kind of do a lot of you do everything when you build the page so that when people hit the page, nothing is really happening on the server. Uh, everything is then happening in the browser, in the client, and they're just mm -hmm. like HTML and CSS and JavaScript files. And I wanted that for that audio guide because I wanted it to be search uh, optimized. Like I wanted people to be able to land on specific audio guides and not kind of have that react spinner that we mm -hmm. often use or like single page application there's always that spinner that keeps on going and you like have to wait right. for the content to load um and then i realized you know smarter people than me were were looking at solutions for the same thing and i i looked at something called next which was a view framework and then i got a consulting gig like a proper like you know uh, sitting in an office uh, on a team as a react consultant or contractor and i found gatsby around that time so since i was going to focus on react for my contracting i was like okay i could focus on gatsby for my side project so when i created pow then in 2019 i was like okay i'll use gatsby because it's something i know and i like and i'm interested in and i was trying to to kind of standardize and standardize on a certain tool set because I've been, I've been, I've been working on the web since forever and I love testing out new stuff as every other developer, but at some mm -hmm. point you kind of just have to <laughs> standardize on something. Right. Um, and since I was getting paid to learn and do React as a contractor, I thought, okay, let's standardize on React. And then Gatsby was a, um, was the next step there. So, okay, this is becoming a long story. But then, so I used Gatsby no, for POW. I, I enjoy it. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> so I used Gatsby for, for POW. And then when I was like looking, I think it was last year where I was like, well, I used Gatsby for POW. I still want to do POW, but I need to also have like a more immediate possible income stream. And mm -hmm. becoming a Gatsby expert could be one of those, could be such an income stream since I'm already interested in it. I'm already using it and I'm using it in an interesting way. So then I could take that knowledge and like package that and and sell it to you know higher paying clients than consumers because Pow is a consumer mm -hmm. product. So I played around with becoming kind of the Gatsby expert, and we came up with this YouTube show that is uh, introduced as um, Gatsby deep dive. No, deep dives in the um, shark of waters around the. Uh, Gatsby Islands. No, treasure hunts. It's Ula, my okay. partner, who does the intro. So now I'm like forgetting it. But it's like a fun thing where I'm the queen and mm -hmm. there's like pirates and we're like, it's it's a it's a lot of fun. Um, I always feel like we shouldn't take technology so seriously. So we started with that and I tested out having a boot camp over the summer. And then through that, I came, I talked to some older, uh, some people I've had been in contact with before who are SaaS owners. Because I really, really enjoy kind of the integration, integration parts, not so like I do front end, but like I really more enjoy kind of that integration. I call it like duct taping different services on the web together. Mm -hmm. um, and 
and I want and Gatsby has this concept of plugins. So I wanted to create kind of plugins as a service where people can pay me to create Gatsby plugins. That is not so mature yet. Like the plugin ecosystem is not that mature. I still really believe and I'm going to try to package and sell that as well but I think it's further down the line but uh, somebody came to me needing a demonstration of how to integrate their SaaS service with React actually so I did that and I did it in the way that I've learned to kind of do projects that are more like expert like where it's like they need to solve a problem I quote them a price like this is what it will cost to do it and right now it's um, four and a half thousand dollars I'll do the demo I'll do mm -hmm. the video and then the SaaS founder can take that um, demo and that video and kind of create the assets that they need so that, you know, if they have a lot of support requests, like how do I, how do I do this with React or how do I do this with Gatsby, then they can have that demo and that video that I have made to kind of answer those questions. Um, mm -hmm. So, so far I've done one and he is supremely happy so you can check out okay. queen.ray.codes and click on the demo link and read his testimonial um and i want to do more of those because i love figuring out how things can be duct taped together <laughs> or properly <laughs> taped together i guess but i mean it's the internet nothing is pro properly right. you know connected it's all duct taped um so yeah, that's how that came about. That was a long, long, long way around. But, uh, and of course, during my time, like Next has come up, uh, which is also a framework on top of Ga on top of React. And I see when you integrate, especially if there's a script involved, if there's like an embed or a script of some sort, mm -hmm. things are a little bit different in the React world than with other frameworks. So there's often a need to kind of showcase how to do that uh, specifically in React. And a lot of people are using React. So um, mm -hmm. yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> yeah, I, the interesting thing is, and, and the reason why I was curious about that, that question and the product I service is that a lot of us who are building SaaS products and bootstrapping them, all of us are doing something on the side, if not the main thing to keep the lights on and finance our, our little SaaS dream. Yes. And usually, you know, we, when you're working so much with clients, you, you know, you get drained, you feel like you're wasting a lot of time that you could maybe work in your app. So whenever the productized service comes up, I get very excited because I try to get ideas how to productize my services side of things, you know? Mm -hmm. And I guess my next question is, uh, how, how are you going about finding sort of similar clients? Are you doing any outreach or they're finding you in some other ways? Yeah, so it's not it's not taken off yet, <laughs> but mm -hmm. um, so the plan was first I needed you know to actually put a price on it and actually get a page up, and um, I've been tweeting you know I've been tweeting about it of course, which isn't like a really outreach, but like it's a start. But my plan now is to reach out to all of the SaaS founders that I do know, you know, through mega makers and through other communities that I'm mm -hmm. in and be like, Hey, I have this service. So if you are getting swamped in support requests uh, on how to integrate your SaaS with react or Gatsby or next, then, you know, let me know here is, here's my offering. And I hope that by putting a price on it and putting a specific process, like productizing it, it's going to be an easier decision for people. It's not like we're going to be talking mm -hmm. about, what it should be for like weeks and weeks and, you know, right. spend all out. Cause we, all of us have, you know, we don't have infinite time. So if it's a fit, it's a fit. And hopefully it like will be a faster sales cycle and everyone will benefit from that. And it's also because mm -hmm. like, I really enjoy 
hanging out in these communities and I really enjoy being with other SaaS founders, you know, having a SaaS myself and and like coming up with a service that I think could benefit them also makes it again easier to not spread myself too thin because in the past I have spread myself too thin. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying now both with technology, you know, standardizing on React and standardizing on some UI front frameworks and all of that, but also then, okay, what can I sell without having to kind of leave the communities I'm already in? It's not like I have to like build up a different community or a different or find people that I maybe right. don't like or don't understand. <laughs> so hopefully this this is going to um, work out. And as I said, I would also love to start making uh, SDK software developer kits and JavaScript for other SaaSes as well, because if there's a lot of SaaSes being made in like Rails or um, other, you know, languages that might not where the people might not be proficient with javascript and if i could then come in and kind of do their javascript integration side of things then um then i then they wouldn't have to hire like a specific javascript person just for those mm -hmm. integration points right yeah pretty cool yeah um yeah. yeah i like that i like that you know that um you know you're thinking more about that way it's kind of inspiring me honestly i i build a lot of crms for clients mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh that's how i finance my SaaS. And um, recently, I've been toying with the idea to not build SaaS uh, sort of apps out of them, but have them sort of, you know, look for similar clients all over mm -hmm. uh, and then see if they want it and then may maybe modify it a bit and then install it for them. So it wouldn't be the classic SaaS where they sign up and they onboard themselves. It's sort of like me modifying the app for them and then installing it just for them. And then they pay like a monthly, like a premium, I don't know, like $300, $400, $500 per month to have that app going, you know? And it's like mm -hmm. uh, logistics companies and different foundations and yeah, it's all kinds of stuff. So like, I'm I, I'm trying to like think about that and, you know, you telling me about this, what you're trying to do is like super inspiring and motivating, honestly, to go that way. Yeah, and so. I think when we are the kind of people where we also have our own sasses and different side projects, like I've just had to realize I'm never going to stop having side projects, but right. I have to try mm -hmm. to focus. So I have to try to kind of focus my kind of money-making efforts and make them take up less kind of head space or like mental space. And I feel like when you have a more productized offering, so with like when I did this with the client and the testimonial, like everything was asynchronous via email, like he trusted mm -hmm. me. Like he paid up front, like everything just got done. And I didn't have wow. to spend all of that kind of energy on like, you know, counting my hours and invoicing right. every month, like doing all of that stuff. It was more like, okay, we have, you have a need. I can solve it. Here's the money. Go do it. We're happy. Bam, done. And it it just like was so, so uh, not like not easy because the job wasn't easy, but like everything around everything that wasn't the engineering part was just like a lot smoother than mm -hmm. kind of that traditional consulting kind of gigs where it's a lot more politics and there's a lot more, you're a part of a team and they're like, there's not always, but there's a lot like more stuff around it that I get very engaged in. Like I cannot not have opinions uh, when mm -hmm. I'm inside mm -hmm. somewhere as a contractor, but 
I want kind of that mental space. I want that for my own SaaS. I don't want to have, you know, spend that energy on the client. Um, so having these kind of more products, it's like, do you want to buy it or not? And yes, you want to buy it. Okay, yep, I'll exactly. deliver it. And then we are done. <laughs> and mm -hmm, it's kind yeah, of absolutely. done. And yeah, instead of having to kind of constantly have those clients in the back of my mind and like think strategy for them or all of those things that I would like to to spend on my own product. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And one thing about, you know, like the easy part, like I like that part about SaaS. That is, it's not easy to make it, but sort of like when the money comes in, when you get payments, it feels kind of easy, you know, like you get the monthlies repeating. And now like when I, like when I get my payment from my uh, consulting gigs, no matter how much it is, like if the project has gone for like three or four months and it's paying pretty good, like, you know, by the time I get that money, I'm like sort of drained. I can't even mm -hmm. enjoy it, you know? Mm -hmm. That's the thing about like having these productized services and SaaS where the money sort of feels easy, even though like you've done the work beforehand, yeah. but the repeating sort of concept of it, like that's so much better, so much fulfilling. And um, also just figuring out what drains you because I realized yeah. that along, say, I think I could make more money if I spent more time on like one-on-one -on -one sales and that kind of type of very mm -hmm. like high touch sales. So, like I could sell some pretty high, high end kind of, kind of projects because the skill set is there but it like those things drain me so much mm -hmm. so i would rather than kind of again spend that energy on my own things and then what i sell as a productized service are things that i'm really good at and that i don't that i i am confident i can deliver and where i don't have to like spend a lot of time on activities that drain me like having like right. drawn out sales cycles or um or like a lot of people said i should also add you know blogs or articles to the offering and you can now if you pay extra but like that is the mm -hmm. thing that drains me a lot more than video and a, a lot okay. of other people find that video is really hard so then i decided like i'm gonna do video because that's that doesn't drain me as much so i can offer that as part of my package instead mm -hmm. of thinking that oh but i should add something because that's you know that's what's expected or i could make money off of that but if it's going to drain me even though it's not going to take that long time you know energy i've been coming much more mindful of how i manage my kind of energy i guess more than my time because i can spend 30 hours coding and feel great but uh, right. 30 hours writing articles and i feel pretty drained <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And how, how did you realize these things? Was it like sort of just by observing yourself or it was like some system there where you wrote it down or journaled? Like, how did you find out like what drains you and what inspires you, I guess? I guess there was some introspecting, <laughs> introspection there. Um, mm -hmm. I just tested out a lot of things. So I did edited videos for a while because I thought I wanted to do kind of video. I've always shied away from writing, which is interesting now that I do a daily email about Gatsby, but I had mm -hmm. shied away from, from writing for a long time. And it's like from school and I'm dyslexic and there's like things. So I always thought that maybe video could be my thing. And I started with edited videos and that takes a lot of time. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and then a friend of mine was like, you should try, um, try live streaming. And I was like, okay, I no, I no, that is just not possible. And then I was like, well, mm -hmm. I should at least sometimes when I feel like, okay, 
I can feel that I'm afraid. I'm like, I'm at least going to do it a couple of times to prove that I can do it. And then I'll see how I feel. And it turns out that live streaming really energizes me. The same thing as jumping on podcasts like this. I get really energized mm -hmm. from it. So why not then do more of those things? Because I can do those without feeling um, drained, as I said. Um, so I guess, yeah, I didn't kind of journal so much on that. It's more just doing a lot of different things and also doing things that scares me because I've realized sometimes that like, even though it's like live streaming felt like something was live coding, that is live coding uh, felt mm -hmm. just, I don't know why. Like I had this like big, big blocker there where like, I can't do that. That's, that's gonna, just gonna, I, I'm not gonna be able to code. I'm not gonna like, you know, all kinds of fears. But then when I first did it and I did it a couple of times, I was like, okay, it's still like a little, little scary right before going on but then it just energizes me a lot while doing talks for instance like prepared talks with slides and all of that that is also something that just takes a lot out of me and if i'm going to do it it has to be like a, a well-paid speaking gig i've realized mm -hmm. and i do also sell like speaking i can speak about gatsby and encryption and privacy but i've realized i can't do those for kind of exposure or marketing because they take so much out of me but i can jump on a on anything live I can do pretty much without um, feeling drained and also feeling energized afterwards. So I can do those things as a marketing activity. Um, yeah, I can do those as a marketing yeah. activity without like having to space them out or like being very mindful. Yeah, so important to know like where, you know, where you stand, like what do you like? And like you said, like even if somebody asks you to uh, speak at a conference or anything, then maybe you don't like that, but then you're good at it. And then you just put a price on it and say, mm -hmm. well, this is how much energy is going to take out of me. You know, like I got to make up somehow. So yeah. it has a price, you know, because I really like speaking as well, like speaking at conferences and speaking on okay. like digital. I really enjoy that, but they, it, but it just take like the preparation. I preparation, take so much right? Because yeah. if it's going to be good, like you really need to prepare and mm -hmm. I want it to be good. Like I don't want to have, like it'd be like half good. <laughs> so mm -hmm. then I, I would want to prepare, but then preparation for me is it takes, it takes a lot out of me and, and that's okay. But then that needs to be something that I get um, paid to do mostly. Right. There's obviously some, you know, some instances it's worth making a talk for kind of, if it's very aligned with what other things you're selling, but yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think, Intro, like the, the the biggest point for me has been like you have to try it because I have imagined and journaled <laughs> about things that I think I would love to do and then I do it and it's like no mm -hmm. I don't really love to do it oh, or the other way around like live streaming I thought I would hate it and I loved it um, so I think you have to like give your especially as founders and like trying to build businesses you have to like force yourself to do to test out different activities and see like where you shine and where you don't shine and then try to focus mm -hmm. on on the ones where you both shine and you're not drained right right exactly yeah and this is such a good strategy you know doing live uh live streaming because then the editing part is pretty much out of the window you can you know you have the video already because you were doing it live yes and uh and also i'm curious like is does the youtube channel align with sort of um I guess my question is, does it bring a lot of inbound uh, anything related to what you're selling uh, as far as the you know, videos you make? 
I think it's a little early. Well, we've been streaming for a year, but like what we have been okay. selling is has shifted. But it did give me the first the people that joined the uh, summer boot. We had the summer functions boot camp, um, yeah, last summer uh, or this yeah last summer, and they kind of came from from that swear. I guess they watched me uh, on the live uh, show. Um, but I think it's more. I don't know what's the. Uh, <laughs> I think it will in some regards mm -hmm. but it's also hard to say like because doing the live streams gives me something to share on twitter because it goes out on twitter as well right. and then it also kind of and it gives me something to write about in the daily emails and i feel like all of those things kind of combined keeps me on top of mind for people uh when they think about gatsby mm -hmm. and but then it then they might not have an immediate need. So I still, and I've realized this when doing projects before that often you start something and you, and you think that kind of people will buy it right off the bat, but often it takes like a year, a year and a half before people actually need the thing that you've been trying to sell and like right. put in their mind. Uh, so I could come back on in like six months and see if it's given me a lot of inbound, um, inbound leads. But I have started to get a much more calls and inquiries from my mm -hmm. my network here in Norway of becoming a developer on their startups and their teams. And I think that is from my kind of heightened activity level. Like they now see me as a developer out there again and again and again. So when they need a developer, they contact me. But it's almost mm -hmm. all like, you know, either full time or hourly. But I think which you I don't, don't like currently, like which I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, but in some way, I feel like the strategy is working. That like I am more on top right. of mind for people, and then I reply like I would love to help you with you know guest specific challenges if you do that, or I can come speak if you need uh, you know some kind of like tech inspiring something for your lunch or your afternoon or your get together mm -hmm, that I've mm -hmm. already done a couple of times. So. Um, yeah, I hope, hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah, works. I mean, that's a, a lot of people suggest that, you know, like you should be focused, like, you're, you know, whatever you're doing on Twitter or any channel that you're, you know, using the specific, specificity of it yes. uh, should be very, um, uh, it's very important because now, I mean, if somebody were to ask me about Gatsby JS, like mm -hmm. the only person that I know is you. Exactly. Now, so, you know, like that works. I, whereas my Twitter has no focus at all. Like I tweet some things about my products, some things about some ideas. So like if somebody were to talk about me, like I don't think they would have any focus at all. You know, so it proves your point that having these like multiple channels sort of leading to one thing ultimately, I think like eventually they'll pick up and, you know, put you above others who are not doing that. And like you said, like people are contacting you for maybe things that you don't like specifically, but let's say they have some a speaking gig or whatever, like these startups that are contacting you, then, you know, that I think that works like that. I think I would call that a success. You know? Yeah, I feel everything. Yeah, I feel I feel like and, and like I I am not in in the the I'm not trying to create like a monetized YouTube like so I'm not that mm -hmm. concerned that we are like super popular and like are getting like tons of subscribers and tons of views and stuff I've seen it more as a vehicle for me to test out ideas have that 
community like we have some fans that show up every thursday and i really enjoy that and i can help them become better gatsby developers and developers in general mm -hmm. is kind of so that is also interesting when you niche um that the people who gave me testimonials for the summer camp said like we really enjoy the gatsby content but you also taught us kind of how to be how to became become a better software developer in general but you can't sell that like it's hard like oh i'm gonna make you better developers right. like very but like i focused on gatsby but what they got out of it was like okay how to architecture and how to think and how to problem mm -hmm. solve and all of those other things but those are much harder to kind of make tangible um mm -hmm. and another thing about niching which everybody says and i didn't believe and or i believed it theoretically but i didn't like believe it in my core is that now that i've focused on on gatsby and i write these daily emails like i get so many more ideas because they're const like constraints can sometimes be good so i have a lot more to blog about or email which is my uh -huh. uh, my way of writing to email about because it's it has to kind of tie back to gatsby and that also but that makes me look at everything from like a gatsby lens and then i can tie everything i see and learn back into gatsby and then it kind of keeps that id generation going um and to uh -huh. take it back to pow is that when i started what i realized with pow is that i ended up kind of becoming the, the like the femtech female health like hormone mm -hmm. period person and i didn't like that i wanted to be a tech person like i my identity is as a developer and i wanted to keep that a develop as identity i'm going to be the technical kind of founder of something mm -hmm. um and but since it was based on gatsby i kind of took that and uh ran with the kind of the gatsby side of things as kind of my more personal brand but now that i've really established that i can allow myself to talk a lot more about pow but from kind of a Gatsby perspective. So now in my like emails, I can, you know, reference POW and like in POW, we did this with Gatsby and in POW we did, and hopefully then I can also, you know, get buyers or customers or users for um, POW as well. Um, and it, and now it like ties together in a way that I'm comfortable with because I, I didn't want to like be the, like I have no real, um, education you know in in like health <laughs> uh, right. but mm -hmm. i became because and for me it was like a technical challenge could i make this work like can i make a privacy focused app that i would be willing to use and i i managed to do that but then how can i keep my identity as a technical founder and i realized that i need we needed to be more people so um we are hopefully onboarding a friend of mine who's a nurse to kind of be the more health health content and and support and customer developer and then um i have my my partner who is now the junior developer and kind of more on the business side of pow and then we've recruited an american um friend of his who has had a SaaS and sold a SaaS before to kind of also come on board because yeah pow in a way a lot of a lot of SaaS's that i could have made could have stayed small because they would be kind of solve maybe a technical need that fellow developers would have. But POW just becomes very political, very fast because it is in the fem tech space. Mm -hmm. And there is a lot of content and work that needs to be done around kind of the, I would, not the medical side, but more of like the understanding the, the cycle and, and from more of a medical standpoint. And um, yeah, I needed to have more people. <laughs> 
<laughs> or cool. people who yeah. wanted to have that identity, you know? Uh, so my mm-hmm. friend who is a nurse that I hope will join us in a couple of weeks, um, like that would be more aligned with her identity. Like she wouldn't mind being, you know, a fem- femtech expert or a um, period expert. But I mm-hmm. realized at some point that I did not want to, that I didn't want that to be my personal brand or like my, my person, personal identity. Yeah. And, and what I take now, POW is, is getting bigger in a way, right? Like with, I guess, four of you in a way involved. Yes. We're going to be four who's, who's going to be part-time involved and mm-hmm. we'll see where we can take it. It's very exciting. Cause it's like, I've, I, and as you said, with SASS, it's kind of fun. Cause when it's done, like I haven't, it's been able to live on its own and the users it already had could keep on using POW without me having to develop, spend a lot of development time on it because what I had, I had, and that's what, you know, mm-hmm. they signed up for. Um, but there are obvious improvements that could be made and that we do want to make. And now that we are more people, like I really want to go that way because, um, yeah, because there's, there's like new people signing up every month and, and we're at like 60 people, I think now 60 customers. So it's not that many over the two years time, but I feel like we are still, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like we now in like in a good place of understanding like where we want to go and how POW can fit into a larger context in our lives as as business owners. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of also the essence of POW, like getting to know your menstrual cycle will give you kind of, I feel like that will give menstruators a better sense of how to kind of utilize that or how to not plan around, but like how to to maximize uh, the different phases of the cycle. Like if you get to know your cycle, you can actually use it to um, mm-hmm. to make your life better or have more kind of control over how you um, you organize your life to fit you and your cycle instead of it having to be the other way around. Um, so there's like a bigger theme there that I'm very interested in and we've touched upon it. It's like figuring out what what works for you and then like maximize those things instead of just doing what everybody says is the smart thing or the natural mm-hmm. thing because it might not be natural to you. Like you know, uh, you can, you can make money doing almost anything. Right. <laughs> right. And you True. can build a SaaS in like a thousand different ways. It can be big, it can be small, it can be this or that, but trying to really figure out like how it can, how your business can help you live the life you really want to live. I think that's, that's like a bigger, bigger, interesting topic. <laughs> yeah. And how did this theme come about with Powell? Is it something that popped up from users using it? Something you guys thought about or something that's a recurring theme, I guess, in, in this, in this sphere of things. I think I personally started to experience, like after having kids, I started to experience that there, I do have a cycle and I need to acknowledge that I have a cycle mm-hmm. and it does affect me and I need to kind of understand it and be more on top of it so that I don't do so what happens to me sometimes is that for um, a specific phase in my cycle, I get this feeling that I need to change up everything. Like nothing I'm doing is right. I should mm-hmm. do something. And like the need is like, I need to like move to different country and start a new career type, like that kind of mm-hmm. feeling. And when I kind of believe, it's not that I shouldn't believe it. It's more that maybe I shouldn't act on it right away. And since I'm very, pr- like, I'm a very person who'd like to take action, I would sometimes then like, you know, start renovating or, you know, doing something big that Move then would like, overnight. yeah, then, then that would like follow me down the line. Right. You know, mm-hmm. if you start ripping out your kitchen, you kind of have to 
keep going, even though right. maybe that wasn't what you wanted. Um, so by learning and by using POW and then recognizing these changes in my own cycle, I can say that I can like look in my app and be like, oh, I usually tag want to move to the countryside, which is one of my things. Like I want to you know, live in a farm or something. Um, I usually like I've tagged that quite a lot in, in this time in my cycle. So maybe I should just like shelf that for a couple of days and see oh, if the urge is still there in like three or four days. I think that's that's a smart thing to do any anyway. If you're talking about life changing decisions, maybe like shelf them for a couple of days. But right. um, and then, as I said on the Slow and Steady podcast that I have at Benedict that we we recorded earlier this week, it's like I've had that like this like hopelessness feeling and um. And I realized right before the show, I'm like, wait a minute, wasn't it like four weeks ago where I didn't want to open this email from my customer with this testimonial because I was like, sure, it was going to be, you know, awful. He would hate everything mm -hmm. I'd done. And I ended up watching Netflix for a day, which is also okay. And then I opened it and it was such a nice testimonial. I almost started okay. crying. And then I kind of recognized like, well, I have this feeling again now, but I had it last month as well. So maybe, you know, just just let it like just keep on doing what you're doing and like let the let it be there but not let it mm -hmm. like you know um take over overboard or what's 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 the word i don't know now my english is failing me take over your uh, life i guess take, yeah, <laughs> i guess it's taking but but it's more yeah. like okay i'll just keep on like i know that this is how i often feel so i'm just gonna keep on doing what i plan to mm -hmm, do and not mm -hmm. kind of question everything or try not to question everything and then see and then just write it up and then see in a couple of days but then on the positive side i've also realized you know i have a time of of my cycle where i'm very energetic and i'm very kind of um outgoing I'm, and that's like when i should schedule kind of trips or or talk speaking gigs mm -hmm. or um sales meeting or you know those kind of like and i'm not i'm not fully I, I've, I've been falling down on my like logging but like when you when you can start to 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 see these things then you can also especially as as business owners i have the power to to work my life so that it fits me um mm -hmm. and also when i was a consultant i i kind of knew when we were going on off sites and stuff like maybe i should take more time to myself so that i will be able to show up tomorrow as well instead of um yeah because i knew kind of where i was in my my cycle yeah and, this uh, is cool yeah. like, it's so great no. like the question was like yeah. how it came about yeah so it right. started yes. out yeah it started out more that i just because like I think many, most people at Menstruate kind of have some kind of logging system just to know when it's happening the next time. And that's mm -hmm. kind of what I wanted. And I didn't find an app that I liked because they were so kind of cumbersome and specific and detailed. And I was like, why? Um, and then, you know, you realize why, because they're collecting data that they're going to, they're going to sell. So it was like a technical challenge for myself. But then after starting to working with the product more, there is like so many more aspects. And I found found this kind of um angle to it where it's more about like taking charge and planning and like being proactive with it uh with your cycle that fits into something i've seen that i have seen that i have done over the years about trying to to form my life so that it or in my business so that it it's it suits me uh instead of just doing whatever it, you i could like the 
um, <laughs> the conventional way of just like doing it, going through the motion because everyone else is doing it that way and actually saying like, but what is best for me, not as not specifically what is best for the business always, but what is best for me. And then that will be the best for the business. Um, so yeah. then we kind of found through trial and error again, I guess we, I kind of found that, okay, there is a larger there's a larger thing about POW that fits with like a, a view that I've had on life and it all kind of comes together, um, I guess. But as you I can like see, that. it's not fully yeah. formulated yet. I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm Maybe like talking it words. through with you. Like now I'm like trying <laughs> to formulate it. Like it makes sense in my mind, but, uh, but yeah. Podcasts have that effect. But yeah. what I liked about, you know, like most of us, now you're going to have a team, obviously, but it's still like very small. Mm -hmm. It's still like sort of you, like you're the idea of the whole thing. And I like that where you said like, you know, what is good for me? Like, that's what I'm going to focus on. Not necessarily what is good for business, because what is good for me is ultimately good for business. You know, mm -hmm. like the things that you're planning to focus on. Uh, that is such an important thing because most of us are working alone. We don't have like, you know, tens or 20 people working with us in, in the product. And that's usually, I think, the best focus we can have because that's where we're more, more productive with. Recently, I started dabbling a little bit with marketing because everybody says do more marketing and I don't like doing it at all. So I, instead, I'm focusing on features. I'm focusing on making the product better. And that is what I like, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, that's Is that going to pay off? I don't know. Like, that's the bet I'm taking. But <laughs> that is where I shine, you know, day-to-day -day basis. And then but I'm going to... Probably, but then you should ask yourself, like, what kind, what, like, what thing, mm -hmm. what thing you love making features but like how could you let people know that you're working on features in a way that doesn't drain you right, so for yeah. me that would be live streaming like i could live stream making the mm -hmm. features and and then i would have marketing baked in together with the feature that i am making um or is there like is there a way because there are some things i'm you know i as i said we need to focus on things that help us so that we you know and that will lead to the business but we all have to sell and market in some True. way but it doesn't have to be but you can be creative in it so that you can you know work on your or come from your strengths instead of your weaknesses when mm -hmm. it comes to marketing um a, a, a marie law the founder of llama life that yes. was on mm -hmm. our slow and steady podcast she created a fidget spinner online and it's on fidgetspinner.com yeah and okay. <laughs> it's just a fidget spinner. It's, and if you go there, you have to spin it and you have to spin it at least three times. Um, and when you do that, the little llama comes, pops out from the side and asks you if, if the llama and the llama says, can I tell you something? And then uh, the llama tells you about llama life and then you can hop on over to llama life. And that, that's one of her biggest traffic drivers. And oh I think God, that is cool. and that is something that we as engineers or like coders, you know, where we're not that often you know as you said not that into traditional marketing and sales but that is a way to like use your love of making stuff or making features but you could like make it as a little mini thing and then that could be like a marketing thing like one feature of your product could be uh, end up being like a marketing thing or she just needed to learn how to do animations and then she made a fidget spinner and why not put it online and then it became a marketing vehicle that is really cool you know it's a her, her product is a task manager correct yes yeah which is very hard i mean there's so many task managers so more power to her for like really having success with this like this is really cool yeah 
Um, I know that is her branding is so on point. It's very inspiring. Um, yeah. And I want to do like I I have quite a few of those kinds of ideas for POW where I think there there is a lot of things we could do with POW on type of mini sites or like uh, content that is also engineering because they're obviously my a lot of my audience are you know non-menstruators because i am a developer so <laughs> you mm -hmm. know <laughs> there but so i would i've been thinking like some things that i could do and then share is that i could create kind of content that explains and teaches and um and teaches even non-menstruators about the cycle and how it will how it does affect um you know a majority the majority of those who have them and then maybe those people can tell their partners about pow so in that right. way i could utilize the audience that i do have that might not need my product directly but then they could talk to their partners and then maybe that would be a way into uh, to get the product in front of people without me having to you know go and hang out in communities that i don't already i'm a part of um so one can be quite creative when one first starts to like think about like how can i use my strengths in in uh, in a way for marketing yeah. yeah totally um i mean i like making videos not not sort of like i've used to do um live videos some live coding uh and i really enjoyed that so I'm, that's something that i might do but not live coding but i could maybe like uh talk about the features and how they integrate and make videos about blogging etc but then this is just talk because I'm so busy and I can barely get time to like work on features. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Time <laughs> I don't is want to definitely, make any good promises. Yeah, no, time is yeah. definitely, definitely something that we all, we all grapple with. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have so many questions, but I know that I promise that I have to interrupt you because you have yes. to go horseback riding. So I have to go horseback riding. Yes. My one hobby that has absolutely nothing to do with computers so or the interwebs. And I highly recommend uh, finding something so like good. that uh, in your life as well, because it's it's amazing. And, and horseback riding yeah. is both physically and mentally the opposite of sitting on the interwebs. And um, right. yeah. So that is very good. I tried again. I tried so many. I did horseback riding when I was young, and then mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I need something to do that is not, you know, computer, like not tied to the computer, because uh, we all need, you know, to get away every now and then, even if all of our friends are on the interwebs. Um, and I was like, okay, I love to make stuff, so I tried like sewing. So I, you know, I can make a dress if I want to and stuff like that. But then I realized, well, this is the same. So it's not a computer, You're but like it's doing, this, yeah, but, yeah, but it's exact same. Like I'm sitting mm -hmm. and I'm in the same position. So my neck, like it doesn't give any relief or difference for my neck, right? So I had to stop mm -hmm. sewing because it was like, and the same thing with like knitting and crocheting and that kind of stuff, and also you know even like painting or writing or that kind of thing is also very much you know the same kind of kind of physical very similar physically as mm -hmm. to making stuff on the computer. And I love making stuff on the computer and I do like see it as more of a creative art. So I don't really need to like sew or like do those kinds of things. Cause I feel like I get my creativity uh, challenged in my products. So, but then my mom started horseback riding again and I was like, I think that was not a song. That was great. And I started and I was like, yes, this is it. It's like nice. different physical, like it, it, it opens up the shoulders and the neck and all of that, you know, mm -hmm. and the hips and everything that we all have problems with as developers. Right. Um, 
and mentally like you cannot if you're mentally somewhere else you and the horse are not cooperating properly so you kind of have to leave your leave oh, everything behind because you are cooperating with another you know not human being another animal another living thing mm. was the word i was looking right. for so you kind of have to be very present and um and not in your own head so yeah it uh, it was a great find to get back to that that is so cool and also you're not making you know because knitting is like again making yeah. Yeah, this and sewing is, really is like making. Just, it's like yeah, everything is right? making. And, yeah. yeah, let's stop making for a while. For a bit. <laughs> like you can't make all the time. Right. You know, I, it's interesting because I think most people that you talk to that are in more traditional jobs, like one mm -hmm. of the things they crave is making. But I think what mm. a lot of us that are in, you know, these kind of mega maker community or, in, like you know, the bootstrapping company, like we, we do not have a problem with coming up with ideas for making mm -hmm. or making in general. Mm -hmm. But we maybe have some issues around stillness and yeah. like not making, as you said. That is a very good point. <laughs> yeah, let's not make. <laughs> let's like, let's, take let's some time to not now. make. Yeah, let's yes. not make. The anti mega makers now. I'm just kidding. All right, um, just bought the domain. No, <laughs> yes, great. I am not allowed very to great. buy any more domains because I have. <laughs> I have Bands. 65 domains. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's more so, than me. I am on a fast. No more. Wow. I'm on a domain fast. So, <laughs> yes. That's pretty cool. Well, it was so awesome to talk to you and, and meet you. I, we never got a chance to talk. Uh, it was mm -hmm. so refreshing to hear about how you go about things, especially about knowing, you know, what you like and where you're more, uh, where you can make more impact, you know, with things that you like doing. So that was really cool for me to, to sort of reflect after this talk about what I like to do most. So yeah, thank you for coming on the show and hopefully we can catch up in next year or next couple of months and see how power yeah, is going I think and other things. There are meetups and conferences and fun things happening uh, this year. So maybe I can't wait maybe to go to will. in person. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we awesome. will. And if you if yeah. anyone want to check me out, it's queen.ray.codes. And POW is usepow.app. And don't tell and, anyone, but the marketing site is still Squarespace. We're working on that. That's it's, pretty good. It's soon going to be Gatsby. <laughs> and Queen Ray, is it? How do you spell the domain, the Ray part? So it's queen.ray, and Ray is R A A E, and then dot codes. Very cool. Okay. Yeah. And I'm also Queen awesome. Ray on YouTube for those who want to follow the live streams. Very cool. All right. So um, have fun horseback riding. Stay safe. Thank and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Yes. This was All great. Right. Thank you for having yeah. me. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.